boys and girls, children of all ages. One Man's Beat Podcast presents Acceptable in the 90s with Big Meaty Hooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooo
taking to the ice against the Pittsburgh Penguins to a crowd of 16,673 fans. In baseball, the New York Yankees beat the Boston Red Sox four runs to three in what was probably a real nail-biter. Mariah Carey's Dream Lover is at number one in the United States, while Mr. Vane by Culture Beat continues its run at the top of the UK Top 40. And at the box office, Striking Distance, a mystery action thriller starring Bruce Willis, ended the fugitive's dominance at the top of the US chart, while in the UK, The Firm, starring Tom Cruise, opened at number one. So that's all the newsworthy items for this week in 1993, but we'll start with a quick rundown of WWF superstars before we devote the bulk of the time to the pre-fall brawl edition of WCW Saturday Night. And we're still watching action taken from the August 17 tapings from the Westchester County Civic Centre in White Plains, New York. The commentary as usual is provided by Vince McMahon, the macho man Randy Savage, and a now you see him, now you don't, Jerry the King Lawler, who miraculously disappeared every time King Brett the Hitman Hart was around. King Brett the Hitman Hart was the star turn in our opening contest as he made an absolute star of Blake Beverly. It's a typical hard-hitting contest from Blake, while Brett bumped like the selfless man that he is. But ultimately, Brett reverses a slingshot attempt from Blake on the outside to roll him back in and apply the sharpshooter for the submission victory in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Sadly, it is also the final appearance on WWF TV for Mike Enos, a.k.a. Blake Beverly, who left for a tour of New Japan Pro Wrestling. In another goodbye, Mean Gene Okerlund hosts his final face-to-face -face segment. 
All right, hi again, everybody. Before we talk to our special guest this week, I want to point out that Radio WWF is up and running. It's hosted by our broadcast colleague, Mr. Jim Ross, and on that radio program features exclusive interviews with World Wrestling Federation superstars. You can call in, you can ask questions, the telephone number to call each and every weekend, 1-800-WWF-8686. Be listening for Radio WWF. All right, joining me face-to-face -face this week, a couple of top superstars who I'm certain are going to be on that radio program in the very near future. And uh, obviously, they have a big difference of opinion. I'm talking about the great Native American superstar, Tatanka, and you, Bam Bam Bigelow. Actually, I've got to believe, as I take a look back over this entire situation, you're the man that initiated. You started it all. You're a troublemaker, so to speak. You know... You're just like everybody else, Gene Oakland. Always me. Always pointing the finger to me. My mother always pointing the finger to me. My father pointing the finger to me. I'm sick and tired of being singled out. The guy that did something wrong. Let's get it straight. He started it. He stuck his nose in my business. And now I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it for good. All right, uh, Tatanka. I've got to ask you the question, when is this feud going to end? When will it come to an abrupt halt? It's going to come to a halt when me and Bam Bam Bigelow, Beast of the East, finally squares off out of eye in the squared circle. Bam Bam, it's been many, many moons ago since you attacked me from behind. But what you had to do, you had to take it that one step further and disgrace my great Native American heritage. Disgrace not only me, all my people, all those great fans out there, all those little kids that support me and believe in me. You not only disgrace me, you disgrace them. And Bigelow, you will pay for this. I vow it. You know, the only thing that disgraces you is your face. And I'm getting sick and tired of looking at it because when I get my hands on you, I'm going to rip your face off. You know, Bam Bam, I'm very curious. Usually you have your girlfriend, uh, your lady friend. What do you call her again? My main squeeze. Yeah. And she's not here. She's at the beauty parlor, and I don't want to talk about she it. She needs to go to the beauty parlor, the Wicked Witch of the East. Let me tell you something, Bigelow. You can bring Luna. You can bring whoever you want. I know I got to watch Luna on the outside, but Bigelow, this war has not even came close. I'm coming to an end. I'm so frustrated right now, I can't even take it because I've been hurt for many, many yeah. months now. And you're going to get right hurt again. Been hurt. One well, more time, you bring it on. And you're going to sell all right, I thank you very much, gentlemen. Obviously, emotions are running at an all-time high between these two adversaries. They are the great Native American superstar Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow. I've got to ask the question of you fans, when will it all end? I'm going to miss his voice, to be fair. Thank you for the memories, Gino. Next up in tag team action, Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn, a.k.a. Well Done, defeated a team almost twice their size in Mark Thomas and Russ Greenberg in convincing fashion, proving unequivocally that logic doesn't always apply to the sport of kings, because Thomas and Greenberg are the type of jacked-up, short-hair-cutted dudes that Vince McMahon would really be pushing around those times, but uh, anyway, it takes all sorts, I suppose. A double-team inverted DDT to Greenberg won the match in 3 minutes and 4 seconds, but don't get used to seeing well done anywhere else but the B and C show circuits. Out next is Razor Ramon, who shows Ray McShane who's boss in 2 minutes and 44 seconds with the Razor's Edge. Commentary is still focused on Brett versus Lawler, though. 
PJ Walker then tries his best to put an L in Ludwig Borger's win-loss column, but unfortunately the mighty Finn makes short work of Walker in 2 minutes and 8 seconds with the flying clothesline following a vertical suplex. Whew, just incredible. Next, Barry Horowitz almost defeats Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig with a lovely Northern Light suplex, but as you'd expect, the Perfect Plex wins it for Minnesota's finest in 2 minutes and 25 seconds, with commentary focusing on a potential new feud between Mr. Perfect and Diesel. Hardly giving time for Mean Gene to close the door on his way out, Joe Fowler presents his first ever face-to-face -face segment with Johnny Polo and the Quebecers. Thank you, Vince. We do have a breaking story concerning the WWF Tag Team title. Last Monday on Raw, folks, you did see the Steiner brothers lose their title, their match, to the Quebecers. It was a controversial match, but we have the Quebecers here, Jacques Pierre and their manager, Johnny Polo. The first thing the Steiners did afterwards was ask for a rematch. Johnny Polo, you should be able to answer this question. Will you give them the rematch? First of all, spare me that sob story about this controversial finish. Yeah. Spare me the sob story about how the Steiners were cheating because we don't cheat. The Quebecers never cheat. Now, as far as your question about a rematch, me and my boys, we've decided, we've discussed, and we've decided that if one of the Steiners can beat one of the Quebecers this Monday night on Raw, then we will definitely give them a rematch. If they're big and bad or if they're bad enough, but I want to make something clear to you, Steiner brothers. If we wrestle one-on-one, -on -one, no matter who it is on our team, can't see anything, no matter who it is on your team, I want to make sure that the other Steiner brother stays at home. Because whoever wrestles on our team, the other one is going to stay at home. And that's a promise, because we don't cheat. On n'est pas des tricheurs, nous autres. We don't cheat, and we hate cheaters, and we're going to win. And we're going to stay champions! <laughs> okay, we are making progress on that road to a rematch. It will be on Monday Night Raw this Monday night. This is Joe Fowler. We'll have more on WWF Superstars after this. Then, like a spider toying with a fly, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels teases Dan DeBeal before putting him away with a pile driver in 2 minutes and 24 seconds, in what would be Shawn's final WWF appearance until November. According to Shawn, the company called him up to say that he'd failed a test for steroids due to a trace of elevated testosterone. Shawn said that he'd never taken anything, and even hinted that someone had messed with his test, so Vince McMahon gave him an ultimatum and Sean took a six-week suspension as a result. Sean believes that this was Vince trying to test him and that Vince never gave him an ultimatum ever again. At the time, it was reported as a suspension. However, post-match, Sean and Diesel would hang around at ringside for a bit. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Look out, I think Sean Michaels got a little altercation. I think it's that same punk that had that poster I was chasing a while ago. Let's go back down. What is going on here? Hey! I think that's the same kid. No, he's too big. I would advise no one to put a hand on Shawn Michaels or anyone else in the WWF. Here we go with our next matchup. And here he comes. The one, two, three kid. Try to do. That's right there. 
these young men trying to go to the ring. What's going on here? That's the kind of champion Shawn Michaels is. I like it. How many kicks? There's one, two, three. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, what's it? Hammering away. Mr. Perfect. Who we saw in New York. Look at him. He's going to go out. What's Perfect doing sticking his nose in this? It's not his business. You got to be ripping. Diesel labeled the one, two, three kick. He nailed it. you folks i am still in shock over what we saw before we went to the commercial break sean michaels what in the world provoked you what provoked to have me? this man what provoked me the one two three kid put his hands on me if i said it once i said it a thousand times you do not touch the intercontinental champion one two three kid you have just been made an example of what happens when you touch sean michaels i got news for you anybody touches me anybody messes with me you mess with the big man but this young let me tell you something Perfect! You came down and got in Diesel's face. You interfered. The kid touched him first. Nobody touches Diesel. Nobody touches the champion. Examples will be made today, tonight, and any other time that the champ is touched. Diesel will be there. Guaranteed. The main thing of note here is that Diesel is getting some promo time which was a real strength of Kevin Nash's presentation of the Vinnie Vegas character in WCW. And in the last match of the show, Billy and Bart Ass, the smoking asses, made short work of Mike Bell and Tony DeVito with the revolver backdrop piledriver combo in 2 minutes and 15 seconds. They looked excellent, but commentary is still making no effort to put them over. And I stand corrected as we ended the show with Mean Gene's final face-to-face -face segment. All right, first things first, I do want to remind you that Radio WWF is up and running. As a matter of fact, every Saturday night from 9 to 11 Eastern Time, you can hear Jim Ross interview the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. There's trivia, there's games, there's call-ins, and you can be part of it all. 1-800-WWF-8686. Radio WWF is on the air. Joining me face-to-face -face this week, a couple of gentlemen who certainly uh, will have an interest in each other because there is a potential of a Razor Ramon. Sir, good to see Thank you. God. Doink the Clown matchup. And before we get with that, Doink the Clown, uh, Jerry Lawler asked me about you the other day. Uh, anything going on between you and him right now of significance? Let's hear it. Well, if there's any significance going on between Jerry Lawler and myself, it seems to me that he would approach me with that, but he hasn't, so I'll he, deal with that on my he, own He hasn't time. talked to you directly? <laughs> Not directly, okay, no. Okay, enough of that. Now, as I said, promoters are trying to sign a match, Doink the Clown. All of a sudden, we see remarkable popularity for the bad for guy. No, no, for the bad guy, oh, Razor Ramon. Oh, you're me. talking about him, huh? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've what? given Razor Ramon a lot of thought. <laughs> and what I did, I made a list. Two lists. 
One list was all of the assets that Razor Ramon possesses. <laughs> that was a long list, right? <laughs> I'll name a few. <laughs> He's a big guy. <laughs> He's a strong guy. <laughs> and in his own mind, he thinks he's kind of a man's man. <laughs> you know, In and out of the ring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Doink, uh, that reminds me a little bit of my Uncle Harvey. He kept two sets of books, but go ahead. Hey, that has nothing to do with that. Harvey, that's Harvey, that. But let's get to the bottom line, <laughs> which is, Razor Ramon, you've got to understand that I can create any environment like that. I can make little kids cry. I can make little kids laugh. I can like, make their mommy and daddies mad and furious. Right. And like you, I will make you experience Doink. every emotion that I just told Doink. you. And I will yeah. take that Doink. machismo right out of you cut. when those tears cut. come down Let's get some cut. time for rebuttal yeah. from you, Razor yeah. Ramon. Yo, Doink, listen up, Chico. You can make little kids cry. You can tease little kids. You don't even know my name. You ain't Dork, dealing Chico. with a little kid, man. You dealing with a full-grown man, Chico. <laughs> what you gonna do, man? You know, you dress like a goof. But I've been watching <laughs> you, man. And I gotta admit, you can go. Can't take nothing away from your ring style. And nothing <laughs> I like better than a good fight. So clown, get ready to go. Gentlemen, Damn. gentlemen, I thank you very much. Razor Ramon, Doink the Clown. When that match happens, I want to be there. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Chips! Gotta have beef. Gotta have spice. Need a little excitement? Snap it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah! It's all new, WWF King of the Ring from Game Boy and NES. No holds barred tournament action from Acclaim. Next week right here on WWF Superstar, scheduled to join us in action will be the one, two, three kid. Joining us as well and still undefeated, the Native American Tataka. And then from there, strolling and strutting to the ring from Miami, Florida, Razor Ramon, plus a special interview with the reigning WWF champion, Yoko Zuna. And there's a lot of fun stuff to look forward to on next week's episode. But at the moment, all the fun in the WWF appears to be behind the scenes rather than in front of the camera. But you know what was exciting this week, don't you? Next on WCW Saturday Night, it's the eve of Fall Brawl and tensions are high as world title combatants Nature Boy Ric Flair and Ravishing Rick Rude team with War Games opponents The Natural Dustin Rhodes and Psycho Sid Vicious to meet in an explosive tag team matchup. In another War Games preview, Sting battles Harlem Heat bully Kane in singles action and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Horseman Anderson and Robot tune up for tomorrow night's Fall Brawl next on WCW Saturday WCW Saturday Night, 
on this, the most dangerous weekend in the history of World Championship Wrestling. Tony Schiavone and Jesse Devani Ventura as we begin our program with King of Harlem Heat. And yes, Jesse, it is tomorrow night, Ball Brawl, exclusively on pay-per-view. Well, Tony, we're about 24 hours away. I can't wait. Houston, Texas Fall Brawl. And there's a man that will have an intricate part of Fall Brawl right there, Kane of Harlem Heat. Kane, Cole, Vader, Sid Vicious together on one team in War Games of Match Beyond. Their opponents will consist of the first man to come through the Richard area right there, Sting. What an ovation for WCW's most popular athlete as he teamed with the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster to go in the two-ring double cage tomorrow night. But hey, Sting's got his work cut out for him here tonight, Jesse. And I'll tell you what, absolutely. He cracked a little smile right there, but he may not be smiling with Kane of Harlem. He gets through with him here on WCW Saturday night. And you know, speaking of the Shockmaster, he sends a shockwave every time he comes around. I don't know if he's going to be standing or falling. The September 18th, 1993 episode of WCW Saturday Night emanated from the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, originally taped on August the 30th, 1993. Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body Ventura welcome us warmly before we go straight to the ring for match number one, as Kane, representing Harlem Heat, faces the man called Sting. Kane brings a size and power advantage to this match, which greatly frustrates the Stinger. There's lots of lockups into the ropes, shoulder blocks and headlocks, but Kane looks impressive when he brushes off Sting's attempt at a hip toss, but the most Sting can get from his best offensive action is two counts. Late in the match, Sting finally grounds Kane with a side headlock. Kane powers out, however, and looks to have Sting reeling when Kane misses an elbow drop from the second rope. Sting seizes the opening and cinches in the Scorpion Deathlock when Kane's brother Cole hits the ring to break it up, giving Sting the win via a DQ at 3 minutes and 40 seconds. Harlem Heat punish Sting post-match before Dustin Rhodes runs out to even the odds, but this seems to be exactly what Harlem Heat were waiting for. Harlem Heat sends Sting to the floor as Dustin enters, and the team target Rhodes. Sting, chair in hand, tries to re-enter the fight, but Cole cuts Sting off. In the ring, Kane puts Dustin across his knee before Cole comes diving off the second rope with the knee drop to Rhodes' throat, seriously hurting Dustin. Harlem Heat then leave quickly as Sting rushes in to aid his friend and Wargames teammate. As the referees finally arrive, we go to break. And we are starting hot here, with viewers going to break with the Fall Brawl main event fresh in their minds. The match itself was hardly a seven-star classic, but it was all about storyline here. And that's grand. To his credit, Kane looked impressive in the role of Power Guy, and at this point in Harlem Heat's WCW career, with neither Kane or Cole really standing out as performers, we need to allow time for Kane to establish his power here, which may allow Cole to show his underrated athleticism to keep this team nice and separate. Ooh, get me being all observant in that. Oh man! Oh, and he kicked out of the knee across the throat. Dustin's hurt. We need some help in here. Dustin, who's supposed to wrestle a little bit later on in this program, is hurt. Referees are out. we got to take a break, and we'll be back on TBS. 
on WCW Saturday night. This is the most dangerous weekend in the history of our sport. As you know, you've got to be concerned about Dustin Rhodes. He was hurt. He's supposed to be in the main event, as you saw at the top of the program, with Ric Flair against Ravishing Rick Rude and Sid Vicious. Well, almost more importantly, I think Harlem Heat, Tony, accomplished what they wanted to do. They hurt Dustin Rhodes. Will he be able to participate in war games? We don't know at this time. War Games, the match beyond tomorrow night exclusively on pay-per-view. Let's take a very special look at this gigantic battle. Two teams to meet at Fall Brawl in War Games. They include Van Vader, Sid Vicious, and Harlem Heat taking on Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the giant 6'8", 400-pound man who first appeared at the Clash of the Champions, the Shockmaster. The rules now for the giant two-ring double-cage main event as follows. Seven periods in war games. The first period lasts for five minutes. All other periods last for two minutes. One man from each team is in during the first period. After the first period ends, the head referee flips a coin. The team winning the toss sends in the second man. After the two-on-one period ends, the other team sends in the second man, making war games two-on-two. Two. After the third period, the team which won the coin toss sends in its third man. Teams alternate during remaining periods until all eight men are in. Then, the war games begin. Surrender or submission is the only way to win. No pinfalls, countouts, or disqualifications. Official time is kept at ringside, and the head referee has the final say in war games. Again, it was very clever here to have the people at home constantly thinking about the war games match. Storyline progression, followed by hammering home the points of the match before explaining the rules, is a great marketing ploy. But there are other matches to focus on, including a World Tag Team title match, and one half of that contest, the WCW World Tag Team Champions, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma, representing the Three Horsemen, face the jolly jobbers of Mike Thor and Todd Zane. And of course Mike Thor's involved, so you know I've got to say it. Thor, it stings! Anyway, Anderson and Roma work over Thor's arm before beating the hairspray out of Zane. Throughout the match we see the Shockmaster sitting with some of the kids in the crowd, because that's all we're able to do with poor Fred Ottman now. It's funny how something as insignificant as a set production error has killed a career in WCW before it even began. Not that the Shockmaster was going to be the next Vader or anything, but he could have been a decent mid-card act. In the end, after having their fun with Zane, Arn hits him with a spine buster before Roma lands a splash off the top rope for the three count at 2 minutes and 54, in what was a blatant squash to keep the champs looking strong going into a match with the Nasty Boys. Now I like the dynamic of Anderson and Roma together, but it doesn't sound like the fans do too much during this match. Sadly, the Paul Roma experiment isn't working in their eyes, however much I like it. I also get the impression that poor Fred Ottman is going to be pretty much one and done after the pay-per-view. It says a lot that through no fault of his own, a solid, if unspectacular worker gets written off so quickly as a bumbling earth. I mean, I get it, he tripped and landed flat on his face on live TV. But knowing what I know about WCW, a company that gave PN News 18 flipping months, couldn't even give Fred Ottman 12 weeks. Very poor. All right, Jesse Ventura, tomorrow night, World Tag Team title will be online against the Nasty Boys. Not only that, Paul Roma, your partner is a man who knows all about war games, but I know what's on your mind has to be the Nasty Boys. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Nasty Boys. I hope you got a good dose of that ring right there and what we just did. When you come on to Fall Brawl, 
You better bring everything you got. You're gonna tangle with the horsemen. In a situation on a night where the theme is violence, we couldn't have a better situation. You see, the difference between pain and pleasure is just this much. And they spill on top of each other. So perfect for you and us, Nasty Boys. I was in the first war games and I've been in about 50 cents. I've had a ton of stitches in my head. I got hurt. Every participant in this match better expect to get hurt. It's the most dangerous match there is. I'm looking forward to it. So are you. But trust me, the participants better expect to get what they came for hurt real bad. The Horsemen, the World Tag Team Champions, more still to come on this Fall Brawl Saturday. Hello everyone, welcome to the Fall Brawl Control Center here on World Championship Wrestling Saturday Night. I'm Chris Cruz. Fall Brawl featuring War Games, the match beyond, to be held tomorrow night. That's right, tomorrow night, live at the Astro Arena in Houston, Texas. If you can't make it to Houston, you can see it live exclusively on pay-per-view. It is not too late. Make that phone call to your local cable company and subscribe to this exciting pay-per-view event. Here now, the matches for Fall Brawl. The main event is War Games, the match beyond, featuring these two teams, Sid Vicious, Harlem Heat, and the WCW Heavyweight Champion against Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the giant 6'8", 400-pound Shockmaster. There are three titles on the line in Fall Brawl. Rick Rude challenges for Ric Flair's World Heavyweight title. For the World Tag Team title, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma defend against the Nasty Boys. For the World TV title, it's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Lord Steven Regal with Sir William. Ice Train against Shanghai Pierce, and it's the Native American, the exciting Charlie Norris, against Big Sky. Also, a bounty match, Cactus Jack against Yoshi Kwan with Harley Race. Harley Race hoping Yoshi Kwan will put Cactus Jack out of action permanently. Standing by now with comments, a man who makes his first appearance in the ring since the brutal injury months ago at the hands of the WCW Heavyweight Champion, here is Cactus Jack. It's just one more day, Yoshi Kwan. Just one more day, Harley Race. You expect Cactus Jack to get all emotional? Well, I'm not. You expect me to get excited on this camera? Well, I'm not. See, Yoshi Kwan, I'm not practicing the Shaolin Temple ways of peace and serenity. So I do the only thing I know. I'm letting it build up and build up and build up. And every time I see your face on that television, every time I see that hand carrying that bag, it builds up just a little bit more. Well, sometime, somewhere, it's got to be let out. And Yoshi Kwan, tomorrow night at Fall Brawl, I have a feeling that all this emotion that's been built up over the past five months is going to explode all at once. Sorry, all at once. And Yoshi Kwan, unfortunately, you're going to be the recipient of five months worth of pain and suffering. Pain and suffering you're going to absorb in one night. Well, Cactus Jack back in fighting form and ready to face Yoshi Kwan in their bounty match at Fall Brawl. That event is tomorrow night live from the Astro Arena in Houston, Texas. You still have time to call your local cable company. Make the call right now. I'm Chris Cruz in the Fall Brawl Control Center. Back with more action in a moment.
Again, excellent stuff here using what time is left on TV to plug the big event. I almost feel sorry for Chris Cruz here as he's doing a really good job, but you just get the feeling that he's keeping a certain person's seat warm. More on that tomorrow. Fans, we are back at WCW Saturday night and the world television title will be decided tomorrow night. You know the rules, Shivani, you don't... Be quiet, and you humble knave. Just stand there and hold the microphone. Now, Mr. Steamboat, I believe you're the world's television champion, so it's you that I'm going to have to give a damn good thrashing to. This Paula fellow, he was quite a serious athlete, and I appreciate his wrestling stuff. I was looking forward to wrestling him. But now, it's you that has to follow my wrath. And Mr. Shivani, if you don't mind, I'll watch uh, this Paula fellow, because I appreciate him. Is that okay with you? And if it, well, if it isn't, who cares? Carry on. All right, let's go to the ring. This is another example of what WCW are doing brilliantly going into a pay-per-view. Even if there isn't the time for a match to showcase someone, a match gets hyped with an interview segment. The TV title contest between Lord Stephen Regal and the champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat could potentially be a technical masterclass and even the match of the night. Plus, Regal is getting the chance here to grow into his character, which is just great. He just needs to lock Sir William away for the winter and we're in business. The good lord even plugs our next contest as Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf faces Dave, no relation, Hart. And for those of you who watched the shows before listening to this guff, Paul Ondorf thought he had a small knob, but on the other hand... Anyway, the Paula chants start in earnest as we get a one-sided beating from the Wonderful One. Ondorf works Hart's neck as he beats the stuffing out of him in and out of the ring. In the end, after hitting a double axe handle from the top, Orndorff lands the pile driver for the 1-2-3 at 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Post-match, Orndorff hits a second pile driver on Hart and prepares for a third when TV champion Ricky Steamboat makes the save, hitting Orndorff with a diving chop off the top. Steamboat mounts Orndorff and is raining punches down when Stephen Regal, with William tagging along without helping very much, leaves the announced position and attacks Steamboat. Orndorff and Regal clothesline Steamboat with William's umbrella before the two begin to work over Steamboat. Regal then whips Ricky with the umbrella as referees hit the ring and Tony throws to a break. And going into Fall Brawl, our TV champion is softened up for Regal to try and claim his first championship title. I actually like the idea of Regal and Orndorff having some kind of alliance, but I imagine it's just a relationship of convenience. After the break, we instantly go to the main event of the evening, and an amalgamation of two Fall Brawl main event programmes, as number one contender to the NWA World Heavyweight title, Ravishing Rick Rude, teams with War Games participant Sid Vicious to face NWA World Heavyweight champion, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and an injured member of Sting's War Games team, WCW United States champion, the natural Dustin Rhodes. Sting accompanies the good guys out to the ring as Harlem Heat try to come out as well, but security cut them off while the shockmaster looks on. The heels dominate Dustin to start, working over his back as Flair watches, nearly helpless from the apron. Flair tries to help Rhodes but ends up doing more harm than good as the referee constantly prevents him from coming in, giving the heels more time to double-team Rhodes. 
In particular, Rude cinches in a nasty-looking reclining chinlock to keep the US champion grounded. The beating goes on until Dustin attempts to make a comeback, landing a running crossbody that sends Rhodes sliding to the floor. Flair tries to help Rhodes yet again, but is stopped by the referee. Rude rams Rhodes back into the ring apron as Flair is escorted back to his corner, and we head to a mid-match break. When we return, the heels are still in control. Rude catches Rhodes in a brutal bear hug, nearly putting him away, but a series of bionic elbows give Rhodes hope, before Rude shows his dominance by scoring a near fall on a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Back on the floor, Sid drops Dustin across the guardrail before Flair helps get Dustin back into the ring. The heels continue to cut off Dustin's hope spots and work on his back. Dustin gets closer and closer to tagging Flair, even making the tag behind the referee's back, which of course gets halted quickly. Finally, Dustin gets a boot up in the corner, stunning Sid, before landing a modified bulldog and making a hot tag to Flair. The roof comes off the centre stage theatre as Flair at long last enters the match, and the Nature Boy lands a massive modified atomic drop to Rick Rude and goes after Sid, knocking him to one knee on the apron. After an atomic drop on Rude, Flair cinches in a sleeper. However, Harlem Heat breaks through the security and hit the ring, going after Dustin Rhodes before Sting rushes the ring to make the save. The Shockmaster tries to run in but falls over the guardrail as the bell rings to end the match at 13 minutes and 41 seconds in a double DQ. The Shockmaster recovers and cleans house as Flair and Rude take their fight to the floor. And just as quickly as it started, the brawl in the ring is over, with the babyfaces standing tall in the ring. Flair meanwhile delivers a few more chops to Sid for good measure. And despite the usual patterned WCW tag match breakdown and main event DQ antics, this was another fun for the story type match. We go into Fall Brawl with everything firing on all cylinders for what should hopefully be a fun event. Come on, help here! Sting! Big right hand! Here's the shot! He failed! Stumbled again, Tony, what a clutch this guy is! Oh, he fell again, but he's in the ring! The big guy's in the ring! And it's painted house! A sample of what it's going to be like in the double cage tomorrow night! And what it's going to be like between those two for the world title! We are out of time on Saturday night! See you in Houston, Tony! And now we go to my final thoughts. thoughts. Going into the back end of 1993, a year where their output has been mostly hit and miss, World Championship Wrestling presented an hour of fun, fast-paced action to make me scream Take my money now. Yes, the brunt of the focus is on the NWA title contest and war games, but time is given to a solid event centre that runs down all the action, and the promos we got were great as well. At the time of recording, I've never actually watched Fall Brawl 93 before, but I must say, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's the 
of the night is a tough choice to make but the main event ticked a lot of boxes for me highly watchable merged a few programs well and hyped a few matches so no complaints here the star of the night is an easy award to give though as once again lord stephen regal continues to be a highlight of 1993 wcw the highlight of the night is the feeling that after watching this show, that Eric Bischoff seems to be doing a good job of steering the ship here. The presentation on TV is solid, there's a lot of star power on these shows, and he's even managing to entice a few names to the company. It's good for wrestling if there's more places to work after all. And there is no low light of the night this week, as Charlie Norris was away. Well guys, tomorrow will be our Fall Brawl review, so let's hope that I haven't been built up to come crashing down horribly. So until then, have a wonderful Saturday, and in the meantime and in between time, stay beefy, Meat Sider!